Hello and welcome back to the Talking Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cooper, and today we are joined by Mr. Dave as a party. Dave, how's it going, mate? Another win, another win on the road as well. We loved it, didn't we? It was a great day, mate. Great. And you know what? I was dreading it, trip down to Southampton, but like, like we know, the, the, the journey was nice and obviously brilliant to, to top it off with three points. But yeah, looking forward to it again, lads. Yeah, we, uh, we Dave managed to piss the driver off by eating a McDonald's in the back of his car. Um, I was never yeah. told, you know. Yeah, he's absolutely stunk the car out. The driver was not happy. We had to drive the rest of the journey with, with the windows down. <laughs> Wasn't happy. The driver was my brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> made it out like we had our own chauffeur. Then. No, no, no. <laughs> we haven't made it big time yet. But we've, um, no, nah, we had a good laugh. Look, I was the same though, Dave. Like, I was. I was dreading dreading the journey because it's one of the longest away days, isn't it, in terms of distance? And you know, after half an hour, I thought this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. But yeah. thankfully, they turned it round. But it was a, uh, it seemed a, you know, it seems a bit of a piece of piss, doesn't it? When you win, when you're on the way back, yeah. it's before you know it, you're back. Yeah. Where, where was it that we had the little detour to? Was it Newbury? Yeah, so it oh, was God, mate, it was mentioned on the radio today, and I was crying with laughter. <laughs> so I had a bit, what a I had, I had a bit of a stinker. So we we made really good, um, you know, uh, got a lot of, probably yeah, we made a good time on the journey. And uh, my brother who was driving, he was like, "Oh, stop for a coffee or something." I was like, "Yeah," because like Dave's not had any food, and like we'll we'll stop. And I looked on the map because like, all A roads to the services are pretty naff. And I saw just off the A road, it was like um, McDonald's, Burger King, Aldi. And I thought, oh, it's like a retail park. So I was like, yeah, I'd like pull off here, get off here. We started driving. And I was like, if there's a retail park here, it's very like discreet. And we ended up on in like the middle of some town centre. It was all <laughs> pedestrian. You yeah. couldn't park anywhere. <laughs> there's traffic jams everywhere. And I was like, oh my god! Like the McDonald's like came around the corner, and it was like if anyone's ever been to like, Warsaw High Street, it was pretty much like that, like all pedestrianised. And I was like, for fuck's sake, I'm so sorry. Because on the map, or if it was all clumped together, and I thought it's obviously a retail park just off the right away. Here's me thinking like Junction Nine M Six, yeah. um, but no, it was a little old sleepy Newbury, which. Actually, looked quite nice, didn't it, Dave? Nice area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If anyone's ever been to Newbury or from Newbury, let us know. Let us know what we missed. Um, but that's a little bit of insight into our journey on Saturday. But we're also joined by Finn. Finn, how are you, mate? I'm all right, thank you, mate. My journey was was lovely as well. The Winchester, they stop at on the on the coaches. Gorgeous, yeah. but yeah, yeah, all good. Thank you. Was it nice, Winchester? Yeah, it's like we've stopped there every time, and it it's quite funny because on a Saturday they have. Um, like a proper it's like basically everyone's got a posh dog they're wearing tweed and it's there's like an ivy just like on the high street it's mad uh it's oh, dead cool. posh and they've got like this village market on selling like fresh meats and all this and it's like it's proper like if it was in a film it'd have like you know like do 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 like proper like nice music on it. and then these coaches <laughs> of Wolves fans just descend it's like, and it's like they all look oh it's brilliant oh, but no yeah lovely weather spoons at the top this bright blue weather spoon just to go right through the market um, and it was lovely. And as you say, yeah, it was all, it was worth the journey, my day. Dave, where did we stop with Tatters? And it was like a little village. Uh, and we... Banbrina. Was it, was it Ban... Where, where was that on the way to? Can you remember? They stopped in Banbury quite often. I think it was Leicester. Well, I don't know if that was no, Banbury. Sure. No, it weren't Leicester. Because we stopped. No, nah, it was like, it was really early as well. I can't remember. Might have been Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know where that was. Yeah. Don't know where that was. But less travel, more, more, more wolf chat. Uh, George <laughs> not here again this week. He's let the side down. What was his excuse this week? Super Bowl party or something? I think it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'll be back next week. Yeah, that was last night though. <laughs> he might be tired, so bless him. Might <laughs> yeah. be still going some party though. <laughs> yeah, but no George again this week. What I've said to him: if we beat Bournemouth, he's not coming back on again because he's a bad omen. Because that's the second week in a row he's not been on and we've won. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? You know, it's, you know, it's free it's... now. No, this would be the third one. No, nah, this would be the second one, I think. Oh, was Abba the week before? Was that? Yeah. Oh, ooh, I don't know. Abba, was Abba the week and before? then he had the work trip. And then this week? I don't know who's approved his annual leave, Dave, because he won't move. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do miss him. Looking forward to having him back on, though. Um, hopefully, he'll be back on next week, if you couldn't be asked. Lads... <laughs> Let's have a look back at the weekend then, Dave. We'll start with you, mate. Southampton versus Wolves. Struggling Southampton. Nathan Jones with 
some of the, the the weirdest comments in the week. Firstly, what did you make of those that those comments? The I oh, would have been the fittest man on, on the planet. Uh, you know, a nice bunch <laughs> girl. <laughs> um, uh, mate, he was. He was daft. I, I tweeted. I think he's got voices in his head, mate. He's talked just just talking in riddles. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought with those comments, the match on Saturday was going to go one or two ways. He was either going to like the greatest and most you know intelligent man on the planet for making those comments, or we were just going to pile on the misery. And like you said earlier, I think after the first half an hour, I thought, oh my god, we we actually getting shafted here. Um, but now we, you know, thankfully we turned it around, and I said. I'm surprised it took Southampton so long to sack him in the end. Um, I was adamant. I think I said it on last week's pod. 5.30, if we beat them, he'll be gone. In the end, I think it was um, Sunday at about 9, 10 a.m. So, uh, I think Jesse Marsh is the favourite there to take over. So, you, know, um, <laughs> you know, with those two schools of thought, so Dave, I went from like, oh, we're going to smash him easy there in like a shambles. The more yeah. I got close to kickoff, I was like, oh, but he was saying... I'm going to do it my way from now on. No messing around, however. And all those comments, I thought, oh, are they going to have this like almost new manager bounce? But it's not a new manager almost. And I was convinced myself it was that. But thankfully, um, it, well, to be fair, it was a mix of the both, wasn't it, with the two halves? I think those comments were to take the pressure off the team and put it to put it on him, to be honest. Because I don't think, like, I felt a bit sorry for him, the comments. He obviously, mm. yeah, I think that's probably what it was, though. But he, he, he wouldn't. I mean, we were listening to uh, talks on the way, home, weren't we, Dave? And like, you got like Saleta Sar there and Bella Kochap, who are good defenders, and I don't think they're even in the squad. I'm Strange. not sure they haven't got. Really... Well, that's what well. the week before they were played in that, in that under 21s game, the day before they played. Mm. Um, so you know they have signed some good players. They've got some good players, but just criminally underused and or not used correctly. I think a lot of that team was not used correctly. So. To, to be fair to them, first half, I thought they played some half-decent football. You know, they gave us some scares. First, I think you said on the reaction, Matt, it was a typical sort of away performance, really. But first 20 minutes, half an hour before the red card, we struggled to get a foothold on the game, to be honest. And they knocked it around quite nicely. Um, it didn't really help with the referee with the stop-starting of the game. But, you know, and then Charlie Alcaraz took his chance quite well. Um, but they, they seemed to be all right. And on top, to be fair, for the most part of the first half, they knocked it around quite well. Let's start with the lineup, mate. And I, I, I know when we spoke previously, I said to you, I don't think he'll, I think he'll play Nunes in a in a wider role. I think he'll go. I, I wasn't expecting the four three three, but I was expecting Nunes to feature out wide again. Um, it looked like a four three three there with Lamina, Martino, Neves in, in the middle, and then obviously Sarabia, Nunes, and, um, and and Cunha up top. What were you What were your thoughts about that? And before Lamina got sent off, do you think it was working? Um, no, I don't think so. But I don't. At the same time, I don't think it was like for argument's sake. I think if you started someone like Raúl or uh, Diego Costa up front, it might have been a different first half because Cunha is obviously a talented footballer. But when we were sitting so deep, um, and we were so stretched, the ball just wasn't sticking in the forward areas. Um, I don't. I, don't, I think it worked well against Liverpool, but. It, it didn't work for me. You basically got four central midfielders on the pitch. Um, and I think if you want to play a 4-3-3, you've got to play a proper wide man out there. Maybe, you know, Pedence wasn't in the squad, Huang's injured. Maybe he didn't see Adama as being a player that he wanted to start from the off. And obviously Neto not quite fit yet. But um, yeah, it, it, it didn't quite work out for me, if I'm completely honest. I was surprised. I couldn't quite work out the exact way we were going to play, whether it was going to be almost like a 4-4-2 diamond or... A four triple two Brazilian box style play. I don't know, but whatever it was, first off, just didn't. I'm not saying it was dreadful, but it, it didn't quite work. No, Finn. What did you think of the uh, the, the start to the game? Did you, I mean, listening to the post match stuff, Nathan Joe. It sounded like their, their first half was one of the best performances that they've had. Full of energy, <laughs> full of you know, uh, pressing really well, aggressive. But we just we just didn't look at the races, really, did we? No, not at all. It it felt almost like you were almost giving them a chance and it was starting to get quite annoying because you knew this isn't like optimal Wolves almost. It was strange trying to figure out where everyone was playing. And I know Dave said it was like it works against Liverpool, but it did feel very different to what we're doing with Liverpool as well. Like Nunes on the left, I mean, it maybe it worked in that one game and I sort of overhyped and said maybe this is a thing going forward, but he didn't look comfortable. It's probably one of his worst games, even when he came into the middle, to be fair. One of his, uh, one of his worst games for Wolves. 
Um, and yeah, it just felt it felt like we were trying to keep the ball, but then also lump it up to a bloke that clearly isn't designed for lumping the ball up to. And then on the opposite side, you had Southampton doing the same thing for a bloke that clearly was um, was designed to do that. And even though he wasn't winning the headers, we were almost scared. Like there was a few even when Neves didn't even bother going up and then the ball would bounce and then they're in. And then, as we said, the two new signings that would likely feature, Suleimana as well, Silver Stars does not lie on FIFA. Um, he looked quite good. good. So, yeah, so they, they had that sort of metaphorical kick up the bottom and, and we were very, very poor in that first half and it didn't work. And then he changed it at half time and, and we looked much better, unsurprisingly. Yeah, Dave, I think the referee set the tone from from from, from early on. You know, giving credit, he was consistent, consistently shit. Um, but it, <laughs> no, but like, you, you, he, he was consistent in the first half in terms of handing out bookings for for, for nothing. I, I went down for a pie on 35 minutes, so I, I've come up and I've been carded. I, couldn't, I could yeah. not believe it, mate. I could not believe the the the, the fouls he was, he was booking people for. Yeah, it was... Strange, and I still we've had Jared Gillett a couple of times this year, this season, and I think I don't know if it's that video he did before he left the A League, but I was quite excited to see him in the league, and I thought, you know what, he's going to be actually be a half decent referee, but he completely completely lost the plot. I think um, on Saturday, the first Lamina booking, I think, is extremely harsh. So early in the game as well, um, and again the Samado one. Have you seen that one back? I don't even think he. He wins the ball. Never a booking for me either. Um, but uh, are we coming on to the red card now? Can I talk about the red card as well? Let's let's talk about it, mate. Yeah. I mean, I was downstairs when it happened. And I, when I heard Alamina's been sent off, I thought, oh, like, this is... We, we knew Lamina could do this. I thought they'd just absolutely smash someone up. But then no one seemed to know what he'd been sent off no, for. well... <clears throat> Obviously, with him being an ex-Southampton player, we were winding the Southampton fans up about him as well. Uh, he left because you're shit and all that. Um, and then that happens. But I'm still trying to rack my head around how and why Jared Gillett had sent him off. And obviously, there's so many um, theories as to why it had happened. Um, all of a sudden, this new law has come into place that no one has ever heard or seen before, where if two or more players crowd a referee, they get booked when is that ever when how often do you see a caution for that so rare my only thinking is that he has got that yellow card out before he's realized it was lamina because i think if you if he realizes that he's a player on the booking he just gives him a, a last warning and he does not send him off because if you watch the replays he's almost got the card out before he even looks around to see who it is um, and I think Lamina could have so easily picked up, um, you know, we could have had a foul in his favour just before the ball went out of play. So he, I said it at the time, I, f I felt he'd ruined the game at that point. Obviously, it wasn't so much the case because we hadn't got the three points. But I, I felt that he was extremely harsh and he, you know, he was poor refereeing. Yeah. What's, when, when has running aggressively towards the referee been uh, a, a bookable offence? Like, how do you, how do you run, how do you run aggressively? He, he, I don't even think he ran aggressively towards him either. But he didn't. No, but then the people posted these rules from the from you know from the FA or whatever. Okay, oh, fair man, enough. So many wannabe dickhead. But then, <laughs> but then you see. PC to be fair, Rodri got sent up. Rodri got sent um, booked yesterday. Not Rodri. Yeah, Ruben Diaz got booked for it. But then I've seen in the Liverpool game, Andy Robertson going up. Ranting and raving at the referee, absolutely nothing said or done. Yeah, but so, Dave, they they also they did that one. It was clearly it was like right because uh, Jared Gillett was on VAR for Man City as well, wasn't he? So it was clearly right the first time you spot it, get one in, so it looks like we know what we're doing. But then there was a point later on in the game. I think someone had a photo of six of them around the ref, and he didn't dish out four extra cards. So yeah, yeah. It's, I mean they were making, and the fact that we had one explanation of running aggressively, then it was because he was the third man. They're making it up as they go along. It was pathetic. If the, if that's a rule. Then that's, that's fine. Fun, yeah, but it's weird you that it's weird that Wolves. Oh, suddenly we've figured out the cameras aren't in the right place at Anfield. That's Wolves. <laughs> suddenly this third man rule. That's Wolves. Why are we the ones discovering all these new magical rules in football? It's... Yeah, because if, if you bring a new rule in, then it's you, which you can do halfway through a season because we've seen it with like VAR and stuff. Then it, it it must be communicated, and I can't imagine yeah. that IFAB or the P PGM or whatever it's called have sat down with. A, with whoever it is at the club and clubs and said, look, from now on, if your players are crowding the referee, the third one to come over gets a yellow card. Because like yeah. it must be annoying as a ref, but those aren't those aren't the rules. But it, it's all these Muppet referees on Twitter who want to give the hot take because it's 
it's time yeah. for them well to done, get... Well done, Jared. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claws, 142 of the... <laughs> yeah. the bloody Pierre Luigi Colina little black book of refereeing. Like, no one's asked. <laughs> yeah, but it, but the thing is, it's it, on the rule, it says two or more as well. And there was already two around him, so why not book... Like, I think even never said it on his interview on Match of the Day. Why not book him or Jean Martinio? Yeah. Because they were already there in front of him. So, like I said, that's why, why I think him he's already as, got them, the car. Him as aggressive and not the other two. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 don't, I still don't understand why why he's booked. Perhaps Jared Gillett just wanted his, wanted his, his name in the paper. I don't, I don't know. But like you said, Dave, it ruined the game. And there, But there was, I mean, was was Ward Prowse booked for that Um yeah, the the Ward Prowse one was like the most blatant booking I'll ever yeah. see. But bless him, Steve Maley got some in the neck about that, didn't he? He says that's another dubious booking, and he just got pelters because <laughs> it was probably you know have all the bookings from Saturday. That was the most stonewall card that and, and the correct you know the best decision that Jared Gillett made all game. To be fair, so yeah, but I mean, in you lot have seen in terms of refereeing all weekend, the Premier League an absolute shocker. Um, so I think something needs to be done. Um, <laughs> it's a stinker. I mean, I, well, the, I, the FA, sorry, the FA in general, just like from bottom to the top, it's just a disgrace at the minute. And I'm talking like grassroots level, which I'm sure you have already heard me talk about. It's bad <laughs> enough there. And so when you see how bad it is at the Premier League, the top, the creme de la creme of referees, imagine how bad it is down the bottom at the minute. I do, I do yeah. think it's a thankless task though. And like, you're not... You could have the best game in the in in the world, and you're still gonna, you know, people are gonna think things are dubious because it's subjective, yeah. isn't it? But I, don't, I I don't know when it's when you've got errors such as not drawing the line on the right player, like that's oh, just that, that like that's just unforgivable. It's just absolutely unforgivable, and I, I, I'm not sure whether referees should have to come out after games because if they have a good game, no one's going to be asked. They're going to say, like, well, you got that one right, didn't you? And be like, yeah, well, like, that was mm. a rational. But I don't know. Would it help? I don't know. I think that I think that doesn't help as well because I, I think fans, players, managers see them as almost like protected species and they can't, you know, they're immune from criticism or, or proper criticism. Obviously, we're here slating them. But mm. it's just, <laughs> I feel like it's every single podcast we do, there's a problem. And we always say we don't want to make it about, about referees. But... You know, thankfully, in the end, it didn't. But the, the the goal itself was, Dave, a little bit poor to concede. I know it's a bit of a almost like a, a wild swipe from Charlie Alcres. It's just it's just fell to him. Wolves couldn't clear the lines. But when that went in, I was just like, oh god, like is, is it what they say? The, the Lord after the Lord Mayor show, Lord Mayor show. I don't know. What is that? What they say? I've not heard that before. <laughs> the, the old adage goes basically means like. Well, after the Liverpool game, of course, we were going to play shit. Oh, okay, mm. yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still don't know what you mean. Um, what no, you mean the <laughs> yeah, I think again, Lamina probably should have done a little bit better in his header, but I think there was a couple of Southampton players around him, and then um, I think he was half cleared by Dawson. Mm. He probably should do a little bit better, but that's maybe me being harsh. But wow, Christ, he did quite sweetly. It was quite a satisfying goal. As if you're looking at it from a neutral, it's quite I was a say, what would you mean? Yeah, uh, hosting <laughs> it. It did look a nice finish, to be fair, but it was frustrating. And it was down by the away fans as well. And I thought, never done St Mary's before. Sod's Law, you know, this was, it was, they scored before the red card, though, didn't they? I thought this could be a, a long afternoon because it just hadn't got going at that point. St Mary's had a very EFL feel about it. <laughs> and I know that's not because they're one of the favourites to go down, but it, the, the club <clears> just felt very like, Norwich. Do you not think, Finn, as well? You've done the King Power. I thought it was like a cop. Their stadium was like this is exact same as the King Solver's Power. Bowl, as they call yeah. them. It was just like, yeah. obviously, red round the court, red where it needed to be red. But the rest of it, I just looked at it and I thought, it's like I'm in the King Power. It's well weird. Yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not wrong. I hadn't thought about it like that. It's like Benfica and Arsenal, isn't it? It's like they're literally just the co- yeah. carbon copy of the stadium. At least they haven't got clappers, Southampton, to be fair to them. But, but the yeah. area as a whole, I don't know if you did much exploring, Finn, but flip it. Me and Matt, and his brother. It's weird, isn't it? Especially it's when you when I don't know whether you were close to their yeah, when you were whether you were near their fans, but they were giving it you live in a hole. And then but you look around because you expect South equals nice. And to be fair, there was one year where me and my sister went on a bit of a wander and came out of this like gorgeous like marina as well. But in between that, it's yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I just assumed yeah. it'd be really nice, but 
strange place. I had one of those little gas canister things that you were always on about as well, Finn. Oh, yeah, they're like the well, shell ones. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah with the, um, the gas risers. Yeah, they messed with my mind as a child. And until you explained it about six months ago, to be fair. Yeah, well, when they approached out of the, the distance, I said, here, this is what Finn was on about, like this podcast <laughs> up two years ago, about these big gas structures that he just couldn't comprehend that they held gas. <laughs> and they used to, they used to rise <laughs> What did you think they were? I can't remember. I think I was on a school trip once. You know, the ones as you go into Birmingham from, well, Stafford End. And um, and I just Star couldn't City, fathom it. Someone said something about they rise. And I was like, what? So it was like some sort of UFO thing. But I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, we got to the bottom of it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Half time though, Finn. The changes were made. I think they need to be Adama and Bueno on. Um, what were you? Matinho came off, didn't they? Um, yeah, Matinho and Nuri. was on a card. What did you make of their yeah. impact, Finn? It was massive. I think the second half was not only with the referee. I mean, he refed the second. I know we're talking about rule changes throughout a season. He literally changed the rules at half time, didn't he? Then kept mm. very card shy and it allowed us to maybe be a little bit more aggressive or else we'd have all been sent off in the first half. And a little bit more direct, I thought Bueno was solid. I didn't think Aitnori was particularly bad, but he didn't stand out like he normally does. And Martinho was pretty ineffective as well. Um, I think Martinho going forward is probably that last half an hour, 20 minutes, just snapping at people's heels like he did so well in the Liverpool game. But Good changes. I think at half time they were going through the more like rigorous warm ups and uh and I think I was that looked promising. So Adama, obviously you can say he had the effect for the goal, but just in general, having players that I don't know, they're more direct, aren't they? I know it's a, a weird way to put it, but Bueno was getting down the line. I think he put a good cross in just before the goal. Um and Adama he worried them straight away. I don't know whether that fullback was on a yellow as well, which affected things, but great changes for me. And then I think the third one as well. That's Costa's best game in a wolf shirt so far. I think his best cameo, despite not doing much, made a real difference with the way we were trying to play. Yeah, well, I was saying to Dave in 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 the stadium, like it it needs we need someone who it's going to stick to. Whether mm. that was Jimenez or Costa, and I think that bringing Costa on probably speaks volumes around where um, Lopetegui thinks Jimenez is in the pecking order. But it it, it 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 did have a good game. It was just it was more of a focal point. It allowed us to get up the pitch a little bit more, which. Mm. We really struggled to do in the first half, especially with with ten men. But Dave, let's talk about the first goal. It was probably not going to be contender for goal of the season, um, yeah. but sometimes that's the look you need. I can't believe that between Costa and Adama, they couldn't put the ball in the net. No, but some good <laughs> play from Bueno down the left hand side. Yeah, some lovely step overs and great ball into the area. But I think Costa had one or two chances like that throughout the game where he just almost couldn't get out of his feet, could he? And I suppose that's just a, a player that hasn't played and isn't really maybe acting on instinct as much right now. But um, we've done enough, and I don't know what Benrex Benrex's doing. But obviously, again, that was another one. I think he was a little bit like the Neves goal last last week. It was almost in slow motion as he was like tippy tapping it around his his feet. I don't know. Have you not seen on TikTok? Is it Abdi Abdi Skills? He just does. <laughs> he was a bit like that. Have you seen him? Just as like yeah. ball rolls really quick and just taps it in between his feet. It was a bit well, like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but that's the look we needed. I think after the bad luck of the red card in the first half, I think that was the bit of the, the look we needed really. But um, we deserve that. And obviously, Matt said he was going to get the new well, the away shirt with the first Wolves goal scorer's name on. So he needs a bed and wreck wall shirt. <laughs> uh, that was written in the stars, wasn't it? Because that's what because. He said that Everyone is obviously, yeah, because obviously you got the offer come through on email because we're wearing a blue shirt, twenty pound mm. uh, away shirts, and I said in the car, look, whoever scores the first goal for Wolves today, I'll get the shirt <laughs> with a name on the back. I don't care if it's an own goal. I just knew it. I should have put money on an own goal being scored. I know you can't do that, but it was just I haven't, I haven't, I'm yet to order it. Um, twenty pound offer no longer exists, so I'm going to wait until it comes <laughs> on offer again, and I, I will do it. I will, I will do it because I'm, I'm sure we'll let you off if you get a Jao Gomez one anyway. I mean, that was more my thinking. Yeah. Thinking. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the man himself, the, the man of the moment on his debut, Finn. Introduced um, for, for Mateus Nunes, who I thought had a, mm. had a really poor game. I don't know mm. about you, but I like my central midfielders who can pass a ball. <laughs> <Like, laughs> I, know, I know he's such a good player, but like mm. he plays... Like, it, similar to Pedence, like the simple things, he doesn't do very well. But like, yeah, going past four players, it's like it, it's it's a walk in a park. It's so frustrating to watch. But 
Joao Gomez came on. <laughs> and just for me, grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and you know, put us on the front foot. He was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that Nunes one in the first half summed up his game when, you know, he stood for like four or five seconds, just didn't do anything and then passed it like to someone in the midfield and then Southampton broke. It was like, yeah, game off. So Gomez would have made an improvement just by a few accurate passes. I think you're right with Adama, Pedence, Nunes. We've got a lot of players that can do the spectacular really well. And then it's just that five-yard pass and they mess it up. But yeah, um, Gomez came on. I think the the added sort of Costa and Gomez, Adama, you had that. Uh, bueno, like all the changes, they had that sort of just atom. I don't know how you describe it, but just making them panic, almost like Ono actually was doing in the first half. We were panicking, and then we flipped that second half, and as you say, we we got the rewards. But yeah, he made a difference even without the goal. But to to add that goal, and I didn't appreciate the sort of it's almost an R one on FIFA, isn't it? That sort of finessed volley. I didn't appreciate that the, the like the. The accuracy yeah. of the finish because I don't think he was known for goal scoring. From what I could tell from from Flamengo fans, it was he sort of left it to the guys up front and he just sort of did the water carrying almost and, and swept up. But if he's got a finish like that, maybe he can he can get into the box for us a bit more. Yeah, unbelievable. He's, he just seemed to be everywhere though, Dave. Like yeah. just picking up all all loose balls. And I said on a I said on the, on the on the post match that we did that um, you know Lopetegui made made a load of a load of changes and I don't think he deserves the full credit. Obviously the changes completely changed the game, but it was the, the players on the pitch that, you know, they, they showed so much fight and desire, all the things that we've questioned over the last mm. probably 18 months now, really that they've been missing that 45 minutes for me really summed up and the Joao Gomez performance really summed up how they've been playing the last, the last four or five games under Lopetegui. Yeah, I think there was a few things that all went almost hand in hand in that game. I think the changes that he made at half time, um, because it, I suppose, you know, he, he was playing with two central midfielders. He could have so easily stuck with the three central midfielders, but he wanted to get more players forward. I think the changes he made, the players he brought on, I think it helped the fact that Southampton obviously sat a little bit deeper and obviously tried to almost hold on to that one goal lead. Um, but the changes he made were perfect for the game. And I think the Diego Costa one, which you've already mentioned as well, you know, he, he did well. I think he knew after the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, Jared Gillett wasn't going to be so quick to get his cards out. So he could bash people about a little bit more and leave the boot in maybe once or twice a little bit more before he get warned. Um, but Jao Gomez as well, I, I, you know, came on and I, I think it was a very, very good debut. Just on the ball, looked a really comfortable player. Some of the passes that he played, he played that one pass for for the Diego Costa chance where he squared it to Sarabia. I know the flag went up in the end, but it was a really nice ball through. But looks like a really good player. Still, obviously, you know, still a really young player, and I'm not sure if he'll be ready to start um, on Saturday. Might have to. <laughs> yeah, but he, he looks a really complete footballer, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how he uh, progresses at the club. It reminded me a little bit, and I know the comparisons are easy to make, but a little bit like Gunamarish at Newcastle. When, yeah. he, when he came on, like that similar sort of kind of playing style. I know obviously Gunamarish is an unbelievable player, so if he's anywhere near as good as him, then 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 fantastic. But it was just, oh, I don't know, in that that second goal when it went in, mate. Uh, well, and, and Finn as well, who was there. Like, I don't know, like. I always felt that we were going to win that game, even I was about to say minutes, which, which was said at half time. I said that, that their arse will go here, yeah. their arse will go, and that's exactly what, what what happened. So you know, fair play to to, to the players for keeping going and the tenacity showed, and that's a massive three points in the in the I grand scheme of things. It showed real confidence from Jao Gomez as well because there was twice there. I felt, and I know I mentioned it up to you on Saturday. I felt the first before the first shot, he could have so easily squared it to Sarabia, who, who had a good amount of space. But for a player on his Premier League debut to have the confidence not once to try the shot, but twice, you know, try a shot on target. You know, there's a lot of players that come on for a debut and try everything, play everything safe just to make sure they have a half-decent debut. But to have the confidence to try and test the goalkeeper at that age as well just shows a lot. And obviously, in the end, gets the match winner to to give us a massive, massive three points. But like you said... Ronnie's eyes out as well. I love that. Yeah, the longer the second half went on, especially after the first goal, I thought... We've got every chance and every right of d- to get three points in this game because we were just simply the better side in the second half. Like mm-hmm. so, his eyes out when he when he scored the goal as well, which obviously massive moment for him. Dreamed of playing the Premier League, 
Um, so it looks like it looks like he's going to be a good player. But like the Adama introduction as well, just uh, when he when he plays like that and shows a real like a real maturity in his performance and listen to his post match. I don't know if you've seen the little clip that Wolves put out. Like he actually seems now like one of the, the one of the you know the the bigger pros at the club. One of one, one like a bit of a leader, really. I know he's obviously coming off the bench, but you've seen what he's like with the younger kids as well. Do you think? Do you think there's a possibility he could stay at Wolves? Because I don't think he goes to a bigger club than Wolves and starts every week. So is it better no. than ever? You know, for him. Just who was that about? I couldn't. Or Dave answered that. I couldn't tell what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Adama. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, everyone. Um, but no, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I did. I think you convince yourself like there's the pictures of Neves and, and Adama, like the two players that you're probably thinking, right, they're most likely to go off. And then you see that you get dragged in with that sort of the passion. Um, and you think they want to stay, they want to stay. And realistically, their agents are probably working in the background now to, to get the move. But it does hook you in games like that again, maybe it does. And as you say, becoming one of the, 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 the more senior members now, which is crazy. And he had a yeah, great cameo and I'd be starting him from the start probably next game to, to give Wolves that little bit of danger because we were too passive in that first half. You didn't have anyone that could really attack, like not just through passes, if you know what I mean, someone that you could actually worry about on the ball. So, um, yeah, maybe it is wishful thinking. I mean, when you've seen rumours of like Napoli, who are going to be probably Champions League and uh, Serie A champions coming in for him, it might be hard to turn down. But, I mean, for me... If you could come meet in the middle, maybe on it seems to be the wage difference, doesn't it, with Adama that he thinks he's he's way better than like worth way more than Wolves do. If there's a happy medium there, then I gladly see him sign on. But I've been caught up in this about four or five times with Adama, so I'll, I'm trying not to get my heart broken again. So, but yeah, maybe one day he'll he'll be that player we know he can be. The contract they offered him a couple of years ago when he was banging form was mm. was very good money. I don't think he'll be getting that again. So perhaps he needs nah. to. Change his expectations, but if he goes to Napoli, we'll have uh, we'll have Lozano. I'd say Carrot Scalia, yeah, but I don't think we're going to get him <laughs> or Osimhen. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you mentioned Neves and Adama there. I think at least one signs a new contract extension, or both. Both? <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> I think I think. I think Adama has come on leaps and bounds since Lopetegui's come in. And I think there's still a long mm. way to go and there's still so much he can, you know, he can produce as a player, but just his overall game seems a lot better. Mm. And I notice it a lot more ever since that idiot behind us at Villa just wouldn't stop shouting his name and just saying, we fucked this game because of Adama. I, I, my, head, I've, my head still hurts after that match. But I just think his overall game, like his tracking back, just, it's not, it's not perfect, but it is a lot better than what it was. And I think Lopetegui, and I don't know if it's a coincidence, but second half, he was on the side, you know, the sideline where the manager managers were. You know, I think as a coach, sometimes they'll do that. Just if there's a player that you think needs almost coaching through the game, you'll make sure they're on your side and maybe we'll see that a little bit more. Um, so I think if you can agree the terms with him and you're not getting ripped off as a club, you, you keep him on. He's a good player. You know, so, I think his decision-making seems to be a bit better though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is well, yeah. you can coach, so I think that's probably just more mature. So, do you know? I, I think, think um, with I don't know, it's, it's not really a technical point, but Lopetegui, when you saw all the stuff initially, or every every new signing behind the scenes video, he's very like fatherly, isn't it? Like in how he's very like yeah, he's like a, with Adama, and whether that works yeah. well with Adama, I don't want to start going down Daddy Lopetegui, but you know, <laughs> but like, it's, like getting, getting it just seems to work quite well with him. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, it's uh, he's. I, I personally would keep him, but what a what a win! What a win on the south coast, massive in the grand scheme of things. Most results going our way as well over over the weekend, uh, but none of the results went our way on the bet, mate. Unfortunately, we were <laughs> we, we were miles off. All of us were miles off. But Mysterio eighty eight took home one hundred eighty pounds, finishing first. Not sure if there's any relation to Ray <laughs> or Dominic. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm sure that's probably where the use may come from. But well yeah. done to Mysterio 88. You took home 180 quid. Hope you spent it on something nice. Right then, chaps, looking forward to the weekend. Feeling a bit more optimistic about Wolves at the minute as they take on fellow relegation strugglers, Bournemouth. Dave, can they make it three wins on the bounce? I think we've got every chance and every right to make it three wins on the bounce. Again, it's got a little bit of a feel of the Southampton game where... It'd be sod's law that we don't turn up. But I think 
judging by our last couple of Molyneux performances, the fans seem to be up for it a little bit more. I mean, the atmosphere is quite where we want it to be. The Southampton atmosphere was good, to be fair. But the home atmosphere is slowly getting better, slowly starting to score more goals. You know, you know, we scored five goals in the last two games, which is incredible for us, really. Um, and, and, and Bournemouth are really struggling. I think I, I had them to go down at the start of the season. They actually started off the season quite well. Um, I, I think we, we should do them. And it should three wins on the bounce. And if we can go into Fulham with those, you know, six points from our last two, we'll be in a much better place in the league. Hmm. Finn, trying to Wolves at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth seemed to get a slightly better result um, against Newcastle at the weekend. But speaking to... Sorry to drop it, but uh, speaking to the Bournemouth fan on the overlap, I think he said they've scored one goal. We're on the overlap, mate. Yeah, he said, yeah, they scored one goal in... Was it how many games? I don't know how many since Gary on it, but basically since the manager became permanent. Obviously, they got another one at the weekend, so that makes it two. Uh, they were under the impression... Uh, they spent a lot of money, didn't they, in, the, in January? And they were under the impression that they should be doing a lot better than they are, and it seemed to be directed at the manager, all the blame. Um, but no, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's easily winnable, especially at home. I mean, the away game was probably one of our worst of the season, just not offering a thing. Um, and that was probably against the more jubilant Bournemouth. They've definitely come down from that sort of... Was he even in charge then? That that sort of bounce, but yeah, he was. It no, was yeah, his first game in charge. They just lost eight 0 to course Liverpool. It, of course, it was. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. But no, yeah. Hopefully, this is a a weaker Bournemouth side, <laughs> despite the heavy investment. And I think we can we can uh, definitely get definitely get three wins in three. I think I had something Bournemouth related in my in my um, predictions at the start of the year. Just having a look now. For them um, to go down, surely. I think everyone had them in their bottom three. to get less than 25 points was my prediction. They're currently on 18, so... Ah. Be, be on 21 points. Killmonger bottom. from Black Panther <laughs> to bet them out. It was weird. Good prediction. Say again. <laughs> I had Killmonger from Black Panther to buy them. It just came true. It's crazy. It's, how yeah. much does he own Michael Jordan? Of thingy. As in Not Michael sure. B. Jordan. I, I don't know. I don't know how much he owns. No. It's about 10%, isn't it? It's mad. But they're going to go down yeah. regardless. But like the appointment of Gary O'Neill's, it was a strange one as well. You look at it now, like in the grand scheme of things, and it coming towards like middle of the season, where it's getting to the nitty gritty. Like you, you need someone in charge who's a real kind of figurehead. Like we've got it. I think Everton have got it. Obviously, Leeds without a manager, Southampton without a manager, but could get Jesse Marsh in. You know, it's you know it could be massive at the end of the season. I still think Bournemouth, Southampton, and. I think Palace could go, you know. I think Palace could go. Don't I'm not sure. It. It's so tight still. That last one is going to be a big shock, I think. Because it could still be Leeds as well. If they don't get this appointment mm-hmm. right, they've, they've cocked that up a, a little bit, I think. So, but They were going to appoint that fella for my ex, weren't they? But the fans have obviously... Oh, yeah. He was there yesterday at the ground and then they were saying it wasn't even close. I was like, really? Yeah. Fair play from listening, though, to, mm. the, to the fans. But obviously... that. Pretty much what Wolves did and Saxon without finding a, a predecessor lined up, which I know it's not as easy as that all the time. Um, but they have, Bournemouth haven't won in five, Dave. Um, with no Lamina, though, who do you play? Do you go with a 4 4 2, the 4 3 3? It's difficult. People were moaning about Sarabia at the weekend. I saw a couple of tweets, but one thing, you know, he, he seems to be such like an intelligent footballer. I mean, mm-hmm. the position he picks up, but I looked at for Wolves most progressive passes received and he was topped by quite a lot. Uh, again, he's an option. He's, he's, he's an outlet without being a big six foot four Richie Tos. I think just for his I, positioning. Similar to Pedentri, really. Yeah, I think the thing with him is that although he's playing out wide, he isn't going to be an explosive winger where you get in the ball and he takes you up the pitch 30, 40 yards. But what he'll do is produce you two or three pieces of magic a game. And it's obviously up to the players around him to, you know, make something of it. You see the Liverpool game, he played the ball to Huang, who's part of both goals as well at the weekend. So I think he isn't going to be that player that you're going to get 20 step overs from and a Rabona from every game or whatever. But you just got to look out for, you know, he does the... Um, the no, the, the stuff that a lot of the good stuff he does goes unnoticed, basically. So yeah. it'll be interesting when a lot more players are fit, like Neto, Adama, uh, Pedenza, so on. Whether he goes almost into more of a number ten role, um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think he, he starts for me again. Um, I would start a four three three, 
probably start Matinho with Nunes and Neves still, if I'm completely honest. Um, and then obviously, I, I'd possibly even push Cunha out to the left if Pudence is still out injured. Or I think Adama's maybe good performance warrants him to get a start. But I, I, there's so many options still. I think the squad depth, even with some injuries, we've got a lot of good options still on, on the pitch. And again, you've got the 8 Nori or Bueno you know, situation. Mm. Um, I even saw, I think, I don't know if you've got it down as one of the questions uh, about Kilman and Collins, Matt. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll say that for after. I've just seen the question. So yeah, there's still a lot yeah. of, you know, a selection headache, I think, for Lopetegui, even with us doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the Betmate pot then, guys. Uh, so the Betmate pot is the Saturday 3pm and it's £3 in for your chance to win £300. Now, let's talk through our team. So I'm going to talk through my team first. So it doesn't actually feature any Wolves players Boom. in there, unfortunately. I just don't I just don't fancy any of them to be, to be high scorers. I think we'll win the game, but I think there could be higher scorers elsewhere. So I've gone for a, a a bit of a bit of a mix. So I've gone for David Royer in goal with Ben Mee and, and Reese James. Reese James back for Chelsea, played well at the weekend, always scores quite a lot of points. And a vice captain Enzo Fernandez and Jab Pena. I just think those two are so they're just everywhere, aren't they? And and Pena's no, notably notoriously a high scoring bet mate. Fernandez did well at the weekend in terms of scoring points as well. Um and then up top, I've gone with Captain Haaland, which I'm sure a lot of you will do because they're playing Forest, And also Riyad Mahrez, who's probably in the form of his life. So um, I'm looking at the front two, really, for goals. But midfield two as is, is, is a couple of snotters who hopefully can score some points too. Dave, do you want to talk us through your team? Yeah, I've got. I've actually got quite a similar team um, to yourself, to be fair. I have got a Wolves player, though. Uh, everyone will be pleased. I've gone with David Ryer in goal. Um, I think you'd have his average scores across the last few games. Just Brentford in general, it's been very, very good. Um, I've gone with Estupinan. Uh, I won't say it again because we always uh, struggle with the pronunciation. <laughs> he, he's average is really good, man. and yeah, he's he, he did he score? I know we got a goal disallowed didn't he, at the weekend. Did he score again? Or you know, but well, he got an anyway. assist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew he got he did something, so he's doing quite well. I've gone with Thiago Silva. I think they will keep a clean sheet. Um, against Southampton. Um, I think Reese James also a good shout, Matt, because I thought he played really well at the weekend. Mm. I've gone with Nevers in the midfield. I've gone with Enzo as vice as well. Um, he started off quite well. And I've gone with a double City front line of Haaland as captain and Riyad Mahrez alongside him. Wonderful stuff. Finn, do you want to share your team with us, mate? Yeah, if you put your two's defence together, you get mine. So I've got David Raya, Purvis Estupinian and Reese James. Um, and then for some reason, I must have forgot Haaland played football and because I went De Bruyne yeah. in, in midfield. Um, and then I think fresh off that Everton hype, I went Decore against Leeds. But I'm th I was thinking it'd be a lot of action in the middle of the park, interceptions, tackles, but that was more of a Jesse Marsh thing. I don't know whether that'll change. I, I think I'm overthinking this because I did this last week and thought, oh, yeah, we need to go heavy on Spurs and we saw what happened there. So maybe I am. Um, and then just to get a Wolves player in, I've put Cunha in because I think the Bournemouth game might be more suited to him, but that might be swapped to Haaland, listening to you two. And then I've captained Joao Felix because I was very impressed with his performance against West Ham. Obviously, they're playing Southampton um, and I've captained Reese James because of that as well. But could it be the new manager or no manager bounce? I'm not sure, but I think I'm going to risk it because I, I really like the look of him. He's so nice to watch any Joao Felix. He was saying yeah. it the weekend, just watching. He's only got like... extra points for that, yeah. Yeah, so he just yeah, I don't think you get extra points for that, but he's just such a nice player to watch. Um, but just a recap of that, it's three pound in for your chance to win three hundred pound, and it's a Saturday, three pm kickoff. Uh, the beauty of Betmate is, of course, that you can change your game up until five minutes before kickoff. Change your team, sorry. So if the lineups come out and are, are hardly any players are featuring like you would with normal fantasy, you can change your team. And of course, with all that, please gamble away. Right then, question times. Uh, thanks to all those who sent the questions in on Twitter this week. There's quite a lot of questions to get through and some absolute call because we'll start with the first one from Dean Marsden. All three of these players' contracts up June 2024. Snug, marry, avoid style, but buy, uh, uh, sell, renew. Uh, uh, but sell, renew, let go on a free. Neves, Pudence, Raul. Um, I'd snog Neves. No. Um... <laughs> I'd marry Neves. <laughs> I would sell Pedence, renew Neves, let Raul go on a free. Finn, I know what yours is going to be. It's renew Raul. 
Mm. Um, it's like avoiding two, isn't it? There's not much. This, you're only really snogging one of them. No, you're marrying one and avoiding two, aren't you? But um, I think, yeah, value-wise, and obviously there's only one of those. I know uh, is injured, but only one of those two in the first 11 at the moment. So you've got to renew Neves. And I think you're probably going to get more value out of Pudence than, than a current Jimenez. I never thought I'd be saying these words, but I think I agree with Dave. But if I could do snog marry, I think I'd marry Raul for the like videos, you know, like you could do the sort of oh, honeymoon, you know what I mean? Oh, so could, right, uh, yeah, then yeah, all of that you could get content. Are you thinking out of about that. this a bit too much, Finn? To be fair, yeah, let's move on. Let's and I think snogging Pedence would be snogging my belly button. I'll, I'll snog never. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that could work. No, I'm joking. Yeah, right. just tell him which your belly button. <laughs> um, moving on to answer the wise question: uh, If Bueno continues to slot comfortably into the first eleven. What do you think his value will be in the summer, Dave? Hmm. If between now and the end of the season, if he has a consistent run, plays quite well, I think it's still very, very early days for him. But I think value-wise, like twenty mil, maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. What about you, Finn? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Probably something similar to that. I think it's funny. Um, I saw I got tagged in a tweet the other day. You know, when we tweeted the uh, the rumor of him of Atletico Madrid being interested. I completely forgot until someone tagged. I need to reply actually. Um, that he said that you know when we were, when he first came into the first team, he played his first game, and I said, "Oh, he ended up at Atletico Madrid on my FM save with Grasshoppers." So it's crazy how it works like that. But um, but yeah, I hope we don't tell him he looks like a, a real good talent. Next question from Andy Hipkins, friend of the pod, uh, long time friend of the pod. He's not been on in years, has he, Dave? I was in one of the first ever episodes. On. Yeah, he's a, back at Tom Rouse's once house. Once a talking wolf, always a talking yeah. wolf. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> an early adopter of the podcast. I hope you're well, mate. Um, should Nathan Collins be given an opportunity versus Bournemouth after two poor errors from Kilman versus Liverpool and Southampton? I think that error, the, those errors have gone a little bit unnoticed, especially the one at Southampton. I mean, we haven't even mentioned it. Jose saw um, bailed him out. Do you think it's time for Collins to have a go? Personally, I... I'm a little bit torn because I don't, you know, to winning team, do you change it? It gives you a better balance. But I think Collins is better than Kilman anyway. Um, yeah, I think they have both gone unnoticed because we won the game. Um, <clears throat> Liverpool one's a little bit different because I think we were so comfortable in the match already. Um, well, I'll say that. I think it was 2-0 at that point and Saar obviously made a good save. The Southampton one was crucial because that would if they went 2-0 up, that's it. We weren't getting back in that game. So, again, he was quite lucky that Saar dealt with it. I don't know. It's hard. I think, you know, part of me is in the camp where we're winning games. You don't really want to keep chopping and changing too much. I think the centre-back is quite a pivotal area of the team as well. Um, but I can also see the argument. I know Andy had a couple of comments and replies to that tweet with people saying, what are you on about? But mm. they are. there were two quite huge errors. You just got to make sure it doesn't happen where it costs you, costs you points. Seems to switch off a little bit, doesn't it? Mm. I, at the minute, I'd, I'd probably just lean to keeping him in the team, but I can certainly understand why people would argue Collins getting a nod. What do you reckon, Finn? Yeah, largely in agreement. I think the left-footed thing is, it, well, initially really helped Kilman and we'll probably see him through again. I think you're right with sort of don't change a winning team and that left-footed factor will just keep him in. But I can see the point as well. Collins was, was playing well, the, the few games before he was dropped, I think, wasn't he, from from memory? It seems like a, a long time ago now. But there's, I think, one more mistake or dodgy performance, and he, he's definitely got a case. For, because you can do two right-footers. Is, a lot of teams do it. So, mm. yeah, I, uh, we'll see. Aaron Zahota has asked, why is it uh, Why is it for what feels like the first time in years that it feel like, even with a man down, we're always going to win that game? Dave, is it the Lapategi effect? I'm, I love how we're still calling him uh, Aaron as well. Yeah. No, definitely. That um I, I there were games I felt, you know, the there were a number of games where I always felt I think it was Leicester the four three under Nuno. I just felt we were always gonna win that game. There have been certain games, but I think that one on Saturday, I, I, like I said earlier, I think it went hand in hand with the way Lopetegui changed the team, but the fact that let Southampton are a little bit more cautious as well. The longer that second half went on and the more we were just putting pressure on them, I thought we're definitely getting something out of this match. So, huge, huge win. What do you reckon, Finn? What What's the reason why we're... Uh, we, I don't, well, you may have felt that we weren't going to win it, but if you did, what do you, what do you think the, uh, the biggest factor was? 
I don't, it's that stadium. There's something about it. Isn't it? I think three of the last four have been have been mm. really good comebacks at, at Southampton. I, I don't know which one I'd put higher the the two nil down to three two or that one. Maybe just that one uh, for the ten men. Um, but I don't know. I think the possession stat was it almost fifty seven, fifty eight percent in that second half. Maybe we're just a very technically good team, and and it didn't make and and they are shit, so they didn't make too much of it. They didn't really attack those ten men as much, but couldn't really put my finger on it. But it's something about that stadium now. I think every time we go there, even if we go one down, two down, we've shown in the last few years. I think the one in lockdown was one nil to two one as well, wasn't it? So something about St Mary's, I guess, is witchcraft more than tactics. I reckon. No, I don't know. I'd be a bit gutted if they go down. To be honest. <laughs> Easy, uh, usually an easy six points. Cartwright has asked, with the away making an appearance this weekend, which of our three kits is your favourite? Mine is actually the, the blue away one. I don't know about yours, Dave. I, I don't dislike any of them this year. I think the, the white and grey one is underrated as well. Um, like the, the, we've only worn that the once at Palace. Um, but I like I like all three. I've only got the home one this year. Uh, it's my birthday on Saturday, so if anyone in the family is listening and needs <laughs> ideas, there you go. Should have got it when it was twenty quid. So, Dave, you are, are you a fan of Castor? Look at him now. He's head to toe. What was it, Matt? On Castor garment. On Saturday, I had the Castor hat, the Castor hoodie, the Castor thermal. The castle coat on. I was, I was all in it. He's like Ty from Arsenal Fan TV. He's got yeah. castle headphones on. <laughs> castle headphones now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen that clip of uh, they're doing like a live stream and someone says, uh, "We've got a comment here." Ty, um, really like your headphones. He's like, "Thank you very much." And he goes, uh, "Oh," and he says, "Jokes, take them off." Finn, what's your favourite, mate? I don't know. I'm not obviously the the home kit's very plain. Um, the third kit I wasn't that fussed on initially because it's literally like someone just put a black and white filter on the goalkeeper kit, and it? it's literally the same design, um, but in silver. One of the goalkeeper kits, so I probably would lean towards the away one as well. Obviously, now I've got po- very positive memories um, from the one time it's been worn, and I think they, as I've mentioned in the podcast before, they tried to say, "Oh, it's a tribute to Molyneux," and it and it isn't, but it's still nice. So I probably would just lean to that one. Yeah, all those like hooks they try and pull in on a bollocks aren't they mm. absolute nonsense um <laughs> lloyd brooks has asked although i'd not begrudge him a dream move has a club tabled a new contract offer to neves and also what is the latest with adama's contract extension dave we still think Neves is going to sign a new deal don't we yeah I, I think you will personally i think it'll depend they'll wait until i think we're mathematically safe as a Premier League club, and then I think they'll announce it. Adama, again, I think it'll be a similar sort of situation, like like Finn said earlier. Napoli are the team that are pretty heavily linked with him at the minute. Um, but I think the Lopetegui effect, you know. But again, it might be Lopetegui's decision if Adama's, like, you know, dragging his feet and we've seen the impact some of the players that Lopetegui's already brought in. He might want to just let Adama go. Uh, we've probably got our money's worth out of him and, you know, bringing another player uh, in the summer. Hmm. Do you think there could be a possibility that maybe with Neves he signs like a shorter term deal with a respectable probably, release? It'll probably clause? be almost a little bit like the Grealish deal. I think that'll yeah. become quite an often thing that you know where Grealish obviously signed a new deal at Villa with a release clause. It'll probably be the same with with Neves as well. I think as long as it's a fair value, I think yeah, you know, it's fine for all parties. Yeah, I think so as well, mate. Um, Wolves Josh has asked: Has Adama's recent performances earned him a place in the starting lineup? I think we discussed that a little bit, but mm. Dave, you reckon starting from the off on Saturday? Uh, I don't know. I could again. I could see. I can understand possibly why you wouldn't. I think he's a really good impact player, and if he's happy to come off the bench and be an impact player, I think great. Um, but I think with Neto probably not quite fit. Pedence, I'm unsure whether he will be fit, and obviously the Lamina suspension. I think he'd have a good time against Bournemouth as well. I think you know. Um, just all of a sudden we'll invite them to sit deeper and I think that could work in our favour mm. Liam Willis has asked was Diego's cost of performance at St Mary's his best for Wolves he was a handful integral for getting stuck in potential for man of the match for me Finn I think you said it was his best performance didn't you yeah he's read my mind um, I'd say it was I mean when he came on against West Ham as well it looked really promising I think he had that one mm. header that he missed and I suppose if you're just looking at the chance that him and Adama managed to miss between themselves and then had the helping hand You'd maybe argue that it wasn't, but I think maybe the 
not that Cunha played poorly, but I think because we were playing to his strengths and you saw how wrongly that can go. And then when you put a man in there that, that will just cause trouble um, and just make it awkward for defenders, I think it really highlighted the strengths that he still he still does have because then in games where we're trying to send him in behind, it really wasn't working. So I'd say it probably was, yeah, it's only a, a small cameo, but changed the game. Um, potential man of the match, maybe a bit far. But then again, there aren't many standout, standout candidates. So... Maybe, but yeah, definitely is um, one of my favourite Costa performance so far, at least. And finally, Sean Mitchell has asked, you know, a, a, a real important question, and that is favourite lager. Dave, yours? Everyone, everyone berates my choices of alcohol. I mean, I'm not a big drinker, as a lot of people know. Um, I, I always seem to have Stella unfiltered. I'm not a big fan of it, to be Crap. honest. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit strange. Not strong, strong makes me sound a bit, uh, you know, but it's a bit bitter for me. Um, I don't know. I like the lighter ones. You know, Madry is always an easy drink. That's quite mm. nice. Uh, everyone takes a mic, even stuff like Coors. I can just drink dead easy because it's oh, just, yeah, it's I just, used to like Coors. Yeah, it's like even, even a Foster's, I don't mind, which again, I got a lot of hate for last time. Budweiser's <laughs> tapping, anything like that, really. What about you, Finn? You're not a massive drinker, are you? No, I'm the same with. Like on holiday, like when I was in Mexico, the, the Coronas and the Bud Lights, they're like, I can easily do that, but not the heavy ones. I like a Moretti glass. I think that's probably just tips it just for me. I like the Moretti glass. Moretti's nice. So, yeah, maybe just that. But on, on holiday, yeah, it, I'm going to like the fucking 2% beers. That'll do me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like Italian beers like Moretti. Don't like mm. Peroni either. The they're all right. I think they they taste a little bit like this unfiltered. I think they've got a bit of a sharp, sharp edge to them almost. I don't know. Yeah, mm. I, I've really stopped drinking lager. It's got sick of it. I'm more. I'm drinking more. So I don't know. One cider that I do love is. I don't know if anyone's tried it. It's called Inches, Inches cider. It's unbelievable. It's like apple juice. It's so. It's like <laughs> when you get Summersbury abroad. It's mm. outrageous. Dave had a little sip of one Saturday, didn't you? Yeah, it wasn't. It's not my cup of tea, if I'm honest. No, no. Oh, it's so good, Finn. I reckon you'd like it. Yeah, I, do, I don't mind a cider. There's one my sister and a boyfriend are on. I forgot what it's called. Um, you'll probably know. I can't, what did you say that one's called? Hinches or inch like inch, inches, as in like inches. Yeah, like twelve. To inches. be fair, Matt, the reason I probably didn't enjoy it as much, you had a two pint glass, so I had to almost hold it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Dennis Waterman on Little Britain. You seen that? <laughs> the little bloke. He's right, the big big yeah, it's inchy cider. Um, yeah, it's really good. What was really that nice, really like, nice. I can't stuff. remember. Was it Aspel, maybe? Is it yeah, Aspel's is quite strong. There's a lot of loopy juice, that is. But I don't know about anyone else, but you know, you just get sick of a particular drink, like a foot of a lager now. It makes you feel a bit... I don't think... Mm. We're, we're going out drinking on Saturday. I don't think I'm going to be on the lagers. It just bloats me too much as well, to be honest. So, yeah, I don't need any help with that. shorts. Bash. Yeah, we are going out on Saturday, aren't we, Dave, for, you, for your birthday? Yeah, everyone's welcome. Um, yeah, <laughs> me, and if, 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 if I like you, I'll let you know where we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Finn, Finn, where, are we, where are we going? <laughs> we'll let you know later, mate. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Finn, are you coming? Uh, I don't... I've, I've, I don't know whether any of them are listening, but I've got family, all my mum's side of the family coming down from Blackpool, so I can try and get mm. out of it. I'll see. That's one the day, so I'll like. try my best. Yeah. Pardon. Those ones you said you didn't like, you're trying to get out yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 they're the ones. So um, I'll try my best. But um, okay. no, that'd be good. I'm, well, I'm a Dicerano. Do you reckon Jordan will make it out? Or... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. He might come out for one or two. Get the last train out. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Lads, <coughs> it's a funny hell. Sounding like uh, Paul Cook then. <laughs> or George Russell on the fans' reaction. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Dave, where can people find you should they wish to follow you? Yeah. That Dave has a party everywhere Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Finn, where can people find you? Videos are back as well, aren't they? Two on the bounce. Um, Again, it cuts out at the end. I'm so sorry if you've just abused me or praised me in any way. But it's Finners. Where can people um, find you on social media should they wish to follow you? Finners everywhere. F I N E double R Z, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Thank you very much. I'm M Cooper Writes on Twitter, Matt Cooper Bites on Twitter, 
and YouTube. We are talking walls across all socials. Don't forget the BetMate game on Saturday, 3 p.m. pot. £3 in for your chance to win £300. Um, yeah, until next time, if enjoy yourself. If you've liked the video, drop us a like. Comment down below your favourite lager. And hopefully next time we're talking about three wins out of three for the Mighty Wonders. Till next time, take care.